Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, The discussion continues. Welcome to the program. It's hour one. It's a Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. In case you're wondering, this starting lineup, Fritzy, Seton, Marv, Paulie, yours truly. You can be part of the program in a variety of ways. Emails, tweets, dial us up, all the above. Operator Tyler standing by. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to our radio affiliates, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, and our streaming partner, Peacock. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Celtics up 2-0 on the Hawks, or at least the artist formerly known as the Hawks. Hard to believe... Two years ago, Hawks went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Knicks and the Cavs. Cavs brought the Knicks back to earth, and the Suns got one before the series now goes to Los Angeles against the Clippers. Lakers-Grizzlies tonight. According to DraftKings, the Lakers are a one-point favorite. I don't know the availability of Ja Morant, but I'm assuming Ja plays if the Lakers are only a one-point favorite here. Heat and the Bucks. I'm assuming that Giannis will be ready to go. And uh, Timberwolves in the Nuggets, the NBA has to put them somewhere. So it's like, uh, you guys got to play. I don't know if anybody wants to watch it. So how about late, late night? If they could have a game after midnight, they probably would. It'd be like uh, Nuggets and Timberwolves. Oh, they played last night? Mean-spirited, probably. Yes, Don? A 10 p.m. tip would be uh, asking a lot there in the mountain times. Thank you, Don. Throughout his 11-year career, Draymond Green has become the NBA's most fascinating villain. And we, you know, the, the sport is littered with these villains. And guys make a career out of being that kind of player. But it's not the tough guy that it used to be when you were an enforcer. Now it's more theatrical. And you've got that going on with the Memphis Grizzlies. And you certainly have that with Draymond Green. Draymond Green is more WWE. Dennis Rodman was not that kind of player. He wasn't a dirty player. He was a very, very smart player. His job was to get into your head. But he didn't have to do it in a theatrical way, the way Draymond has done. And we mentioned this yesterday, because I'm going to factor in his priors, suspensions, technicals, his antics. Uh, Factor in the commissioner was actually at the game, and also... I think he was going to be suspended if they were going to suspend him because of what happened after the play, the theatrics, what he was doing to the crowd. 
And he was not apologetic whatsoever. And, and I think if he had handled it differently, but he can't. If he had handled it differently instead of in a selfish manner and just said, after the game, once you got ejected, you go. You talk to the media. Look, my bad. My bad. And you're 11 years into this role. You're 11 years into your NBA career. Draymond is not changing because he's going to have a career after this. You know, he, he's already got his podcast. He'll fill in sometimes on TNT. He'll probably do WWE. I mean, he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't know what he's doing when he's on the floor because the NBA could have fined him $50,000. Well, that doesn't hurt the Warriors. Suspending Draymond hurts the Warriors. So now it's on his teammates. That's now it's on Steph and Clay, Steve Kerr. Like, this is now hurting you guys. And I think if he had just had the one tap to Sabonis, then maybe he wouldn't have been suspended. You come back from a, you know, he went back for seconds. He did a double tap there. Okay, you might be suspended. You're going to be fined. But then you had the theatrics. Then, and the commissioner's watching this. So he's watching this in real time, right in front of him. And probably thinking, Draymond, get off the floor. Get off the floor. Now I have to do something here. I didn't think he was going to be suspended. Uh, but the you know commissioner probably had to factor in everything that Draymond has done. I think it was more egregious, you know, the way he acted after the play. I mean, where is Steve Kerr or, or Steph Curry? They, they enabled him. Grab him. He's your teammate. Is Draymond not going to listen to Steph Curry? Clay Thompson? I mean, they're all, they think it's funny. Oh, that's Draymond being Draymond. Well, you go to game three without him? Yeah, Marv. I think they're so used to it because remember the Jordan Poole incident where you could see them yelling at one another? Steph Curry is just looking away, yeah. and he, he seems like he's just very used to it. So he doesn't even say anything. He doesn't even turn his head. I know that this has been brought up and will continue to be brought up. But you go back to the 2016 NBA Finals. The Cavs were down 3-1 against Golden State, and Draymond got suspended. And then, of course, the Cavs came back and won that Kyrie's big shot. Now, he has helped them win four titles. They could have moved on from him a couple of years ago. They know what they have. I mean, he's a necessary evil. He's the kind of player where you go, do I want him on my team? Yeah. Do I want to play against him? No. Now, I, I don't want him on my team, certainly now at this age. But, you know, when he was 28, 27, 26, he was a very, very valuable player for this team. And here they are defending champs. But when you start the season punching a teammate, and now we're, here we are. Like, at some point, you have to say, you're your own worst enemy, but who's helping him here? Who's grabbing him and saying, Draymond, you know, you're not irreplaceable anymore. He's got one more year left on his deal. Do you want to bring him in at a big salary here? And the answer is you don't. But here we are in the moment. He's been suspended a game. And now you're the Sacramento Kings. Now, now you got him backed up a little bit here. Do I expect Golden State to win in game three? I do. But let's make no mistake about what the Sacramento Kings have done the first two games. They're the ones that had the composure. 
And we wondered about them playing defense. They played defense. Just ask Steph Curry. They played defense. They're going to score. I'm assuming Sabonis is going to play. I don't know what the x-rays showed on his contusion. Off or, his deathbed? Uh, hey, Bruce Sternum. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those in a vacuum. You look at it and you go, okay, is it that big a deal? But then, you know, you, you start to expand the mushroom cloud here and you go, it is. I think the conduct detrimental to the game is what cost Draymond. His priors and then how he acted afterwards. But I got to put some blame on Steve Kerr and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. You know, it may seem funny. You know, he's our agitator. He's our energizing bunny. But this is costing you. And that's why suspending him hurts Golden State. Fining him $50,000 doesn't hurt Golden State. It doesn't even hurt Draymond. Because Draymond got a lot of publicity. And I think the NBA probably said, if we're going to go at him, then we got to hurt the Golden State Warriors. Because that, to me, it starts to become a, a team on display there. What you did and what you didn't do. We saw Draymond. There's a moment where Draymond is yelling to the crowd. Steve Kerr has his head down in the huddle, trying to talk to his team. Got to start somewhere. Draymond's not changing. Steve Kerr, who played with Dennis Rodman, knows better. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Yeah, it might be funny, but you're riling up them, and you were still in the game. And, and look, it, it was still close to the final seven minutes. But, you know, in that moment, you're down four, technical and Sabonis. If Draymond acts mature for a change, Steph hits the free throw, you're down three, now, all of a sudden, you got a little bit of momentum. I think he took away whatever that momentum was going to be. Even though Golden State did come back, I think they might have taken the lead by one. But now you go back home and you don't have Draymond there. Yeah, Paul. Do you think Steve Kerr thinks kind of the opposite that we do? Like, I'm just going to let this play out like I do with everything with this team, with injuries, with, with Steph, with, when he has an ankle. Relax. Nothing's a big deal. Even this, I'll just let him vent for a couple minutes. We'll win game three with a backup. You know, like it seems like Steve Kerr realizes I'm in on this guy and I've been in on him since he was 23 years old. Might as well just let it play out because it's always worked. That's the only reason I could think where he wouldn't step in. But this hurts your team. I don't know if he thinks that. I, I think he knows his bench players are like, great, I get 25 more minutes. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, we'll wrap up game three and Draymond comes back. When he came back last year, Remember he got in trouble? And yeah, he came because I was very critical of him the first two games against the Celtics because he was embarrassing himself. He was falling all over, you know, Jason Tatum, and I'm going, just play basketball. You're, you're a, still a very, very good basketball player. But he got caught up in the whole theatrics, and sometimes when you can't play at a high level anymore, then you try to do stupid stuff like that. And I, I was disappointed in him last year, those first couple of games. And then he came back. And then he just played basketball. But that, the commissioner's watching that, Draymond forced his hand. Didn't agree that he was, I didn't think he was going to be suspended. And didn't think he should be suspended for what happened with Sabonis. It's the other stuff. And you sit him down for a game. And maybe Golden State survives this. But you can't keep, this is a first round matchup. It's not like you go, 
yeah, you know, we survived. Okay, but when you get to that point where you're playing quality teams, or, you know, it's Cleveland, and we're up 3-1, and I'm having fun, and I'm going to, yeah, uh, you're going to suspend me for a game. Okay, we're up 3-1. Now we're up 3-2. Now we're tied at 3-3. Now we just lost. Not so funny anymore. And I think that's what Steph and Clay have to realize. You're not as good as you guys were last year. You don't have somebody who's going to be able to come in there and take his place. And just having his presence there. I mean, he's really very smart, which is strange to say to have a, a high basketball IQ and then do these things. Yeah, Paul. I, I guess that's what bothers me about his situation is there was no upside to what he did the other night. He wasn't like doing a hip check to send a message or a, a sneaky little play with some upside. There was nothing but downside for him to stop on someone. Yeah, if this is a game where it's late and you want to send a message right. and you're you know you're being blown out, like all right, we're gonna hey, we'll see you in uh, in uh, San Francisco, whatever it might be. You know, I understand sometimes that you can kickstart your team, but your team was already kickstarted. You guys were guilty of what twenty turnovers. I mean, you were losing this game, and and you didn't you could have won this game. Yes, Eden. I was going to throw up for a poll question, just uh, what got Draymond suspended, mm. the foul or the antics after? Do I have to put in or everything else he's done too? <laughs> well, the priors go in. The NBA said that, that they've had to factor in. I mean, if you get pulled over for speeding five times and then I get you the sixth time, you can't go, gosh, I, I never get, I never speed. Does it work that way? Like if you get a speeding ticket, if you get like three in a year, do they, do they raise the price on you because you've got priors? I don't know if they, but they take know. you to take you to jail after a while. It definitely happens for other things. Yes, it does. Like if you have priors, it definitely yes ratchets it up the punishments. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I know, and I talked to somebody in the league office yesterday, and I said, "Is that fair to do that? With can't you do it isolated?" And they said, "No, because you have to factor in: does this person is this habitual?" Was the word that was used. And I said, "Well, it is habitual for him." Yes, Todd, you were going to say. Imagine if they did that with other aspects of the law. It's my first armed robbery. What? I'm not that kind of guy. Just today, I felt someone pissed me off, and I just decided to go do that. Thank you, it's just, I'm not going to do it again. Uh, so what's the? Uh, how do you want to phrase the poll question, Seton? I think I'm going to just keep it with uh, the foul or the antics after. Okay. The foul or everything after. <laughs> everything else. <Yeah. laughs> Good grief. I mean, he put on a – I mean, that's a show. That was a one-man show. And uh, – after a while, you're going, okay, I think, all right, now it's time to leave. Nope, nope. That arena's nope. there to see him. Of course, that's what he thinks. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, Marv. Yeah, when Draymond started doing the Hulk Hogan oh, ear, I know. ear to oh, the, I know. you know, hand to the ear so we, everyone can hear. All right, let me hear you guys. And he don't, he has no problem being the bad guy. He'll be in WWE. If I'm at WWE, right, as soon as I can, a day off, Draymond, do you want to come in? Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know. Take over a minute to down a two-liter. Well, 
If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We know that quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you and your partner whenever you want. Two beds in one, firmer or softer on each side, you decide. And it helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature as well, quiets their snoring, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number does everything. My Sleep Number setting is 75 Sleep Number Smart Beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. You will never need another bed. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Gave you this information last hour. Ian Rappaport says the Niners have received inquiries from several teams looking into a potential trade for former number three overall pick Trey Lance. And he makes it clear that teams are calling the 49ers, not the other way around. Get to phone calls, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter, handle at dpshow. Uh, also, uh, by the way, Four years ago today, anybody want to guess what happened? I know. I'm going to recuse myself. Okay. Todd? I was just told by our director a few minutes ago. So All I don't right. To... I'm going to recuse you. Marv, four years ago today. First show here? Yes. Yeah, first show in the new man cave. Happy here. anniversary, guys. Thank you, Todd. It's very nice. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I'm getting pizza for everybody today. What? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm getting pizza Yay! for everybody. Yeah. Pizza party. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's very generous. That's pizza awesome. party. <laughs> Tomorrow is our second, our anniversary of our second show. I'm Breakfast burritos. Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh. And I'm going to have somebody jump out of the cake okay. today. Big cake. Are we going to a pizza party? We're we having a pizza party. We're going to have it here. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. We're going to have a, a, a home pizza party here. Man, right. getting pizza at school, like if it's somebody's birthday or something or whatever, man, that was like the best day. Pizza party day at school, what? I didn't, we didn't have those. I didn't have that either. Oh, man, we oh, definitely man. did. What do you mean, like a kid's birthday and they would bring in pizza? Yeah, I guess yeah. you can't do that anymore, but. Yeah, we, we never had that. Yeah. 
I remember just going and getting a hot lunch instead of, you know, because my mom would pack a lunch for us and it was always bologna and cheese and an apple. And I'd go in there and if I got the hot meal with tater tots, you know, that was a big deal. <laughs> you know, milk, tater tots, and, uh, you know, the slab of uh, chicken. Yeah, Pauline. We thought that tray pizza in high school was good, though. Oh, Remember that big, yes. that glistening cheese, oily <laughs> oh, mess? Oh, you went with pepperoni today? Yeah. Upgrade. Jim Jackson set to join us there. He's all right. Set. On loan, NBA on TNT, Clippers analyst. He does it all. He was on the call game two, Warriors and the Kings. He's on the call for the Lakers Grizzlies tonight. He's a busy man, and rightfully so. He's done a great job. Uh, Jim, thanks for joining us. Your reaction in the moment with what happened with Draymond, and now your reaction after the commissioner decided to suspend him. Well, we saw the play right there. I saw what Sabonis did, which, you know, shouldn't have happened. But in the midst of a lot of things, things go on. So both were in the wrong in that perspective. Sabonis should have never grabbed Draymond. Draymond should have never stomped down. It was reaction to what happened because it was a physical game up to that point. You know what I'm saying, Dan? So both teams were competing. Um, I, I kind of knew at the time that it was either going to be a flagrant one or flagrant two just because of the excessiveness in which Draymond came down with his foot. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's what happened. Now, I didn't think he was going to be suspended. Okay, I just knew flagrant two, done for the game, play on, he comes back. But as you know, and as we know, there's a track record there, and they said it in the statement, in regards to having some other forms of unsportsmanlike conduct. So the, I think the commissioner's office uh, took that into consideration. I am surprised by it um, that it went that far. But um, it's an unfortunate situation for Golden State, but I think for the series itself in regards to Draymond not being able to play. But again, it goes back to Draymond making a decision at that point, too, on what he wanted to do. But, Jim, he's supposed to frustrate the opposition. He's not supposed to be frustrated. And mm -hmm. and that I think if there's the stomp, now he went back for second helping. That hurt him. And if he would have been a little bit more contrite after the game, which he's not capable of doing, but just said, and, and not done all the WWE stuff, I, I think he could have he could have gotten by with a fine here. But the commissioner's in the audience and you're watching him kind yeah. of take over center stage. Nobody yes, yes. why doesn't anybody from Golden State grab him? Because they can't, because they don't have anybody. They don't they don't have anybody. I think when a David West was there, it was Yeah. Good. Okay. With David West. Okay. I think and to your point too, the escalation with the fans added incentive for what I think the decision ultimately came down to. Because you think about it, Adam Silver sitting in the stand. So he's hearing the backdrop of the fans and what they're saying too. In regards to kick him out, he shouldn't be playing, dirty play, all this other stuff. So all this stuff is going through his mind. And I can't think for the commissioner, but based on the statement, they took all of this into consideration. It wasn't just a stomp. It was a stomp. It was the fan interaction. It was probably Draymond not being contrite afterwards, and it was his past. Does it make it right or wrong? I don't know. But it's a decision that Draymond allowed the commissioner's office to make. He put that in their control yeah. and took it out of his control. Yeah. At the end of the day, forget what happened, right, wrong, or indifferent, with, with Sabonis and, and, and grabbing the leg 
at the end of the day, you still can make a decision on what you choose to do and how you choose to handle it. Now, if you want to handle it in the way you want to, okay, fine. You want to stomp them, fine. Then there are repercussions to that. And you got to understand once you have repercussions, that now the decision-making of what happens next is out of your control because of your past. If that's Kevon Looney, probably doesn't happen. It, it doesn't go down like that. But it's Draymond Green. Different scenario. Let's look at the series, though, itself, because I thought that lost in the headline was Sacramento showed composure. It was a tight game, and they won the game. They're supposed to win those games. Golden State, once again, is going to have to win a game in Sacramento if, yeah. if they're going to advance. So let's handicap this series now with five games left. I think Golden State can get two at home. I don't think they played their best basketball, but they haven't played their best basketball on the road all year. Yeah. Now, you can't take anything away from the level of maturity that the Kings displayed. I think that's what you're talking about. See, Mike Brown has done a fantastic job of a couple of things. I mean, this team, they streamlined their roster. And what do I mean by that? Is that they had a lot of overlapping positions before where guys didn't really understand what their role was because they had a bunch of forwards playing and guys trying to jockey for position and was just – you really didn't have continuity. When they made the trade with Halliburton, and they loved Halliburton, but they knew that he couldn't play alongside of De'Aaron Fox because both needed the basketball. So that was the first step into what we see Sacramento being today. And Mike Brown, he's grown as a coach since his Laker days, since his Cleveland Cavaliers days. We always talk about players maturing. Mike Brown said, listen, back when I was younger, I used to worry about X's and O's, practice times, and and getting plays right, and all of these things on the court. He said, as he learned and matured as a coach when he's at Golden State, he understood that it was, okay, how do I connect with my players on and off the court? How do we develop camaraderie off the court? How are they with their family and their family life? All these other things that brought this team together. So now you can coach your best player, De'Aaron Fox, extremely hard without any pushback because they understand that you care about them more as a person than as a player. So that's the Sacramento side. The Golden State side, here's the issue, Dan. They turn the ball over too much. Yeah. Okay. And you can say, well, they've always done it. Yeah, but their margin of error was bigger then because they can get defensive stops. There's ways that they could play to offset turning the basketball over a lot and still win games. Their margin of error right now is a lot smaller. They're not the same defensive team. They're not as deep in regards to what once they once were. So now those turnovers that happen early in the game or mid-third quarter, they come back to cost in particular on the road. So that's the issue. That's the, that's the challenge I see with Golden State, especially trying to win one in Sacramento against a feisty, hungry, determined, and quite mature young Sacramento team. Talking to Jim Jackson, he'll be on the call tonight. It's the Lakers-Grizzlies game two. What's the availability of John Morant? We're still waiting to see. You know, it's unfortunate because it was the hand that he had hurt. It was taped before, and you saw he came down kind of a bit back. Yeah. Um, so we're still trying to wait to see what's going on with that. So it would probably be a game-time decision, I would think, or something close to it later in the day. It's weird to be on a bandwagon of a team that nearly lost the play-in game, but – I like what I'm seeing with the Lakers. Uh, should I be liking what I'm seeing with the Lakers big picture? 
Could they be the best yeah. team in the Western Conference? They could be. I mean, uh, Clippers, you know, Paul George comes back, and I'm biased from that perspective in regards to their depth and what they have. They could be pretty formidable. And, I, and you know, going into the playoffs, too, I thought that the teams with the higher seeds, four, five, and six, were probably better than or as competitive as the top three seeds, Denver, Sacramento, and Memphis. Yeah. Unlike the East, you know, it's kind of a separation now outside of Giannis being hurt with, you know, Milwaukee, uh, 76ers, and also Boston. Those three kind of separated themselves. Um, Rob Polinka did a great job, an outstanding job with the trades because he got limp, he got defensive presence, he got some more shooting. Um, the, the team is now able to compete at a different level. Um, you have multiple ball handlers that can make plays when LeBron is not in the game, which is what they were looking for. And AD has been healthy enough to be able to carry the load, which, as you know, is the most important key to anything else. So I, I like where the Lakers are at mentally because they feel different. I was around the team um, last night, and they feel a lot different than what they did earlier in the year from a confidence perspective. I mean – so it's tangible. It's something that they're exuding that confidence. Oh, big time. And you think about this, too. And this is not taking anything away from Memphis, but I always thought that even Memphis, Memphis healthy with Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, they still were growing from a basketball maturity perspective. And I think that's very important to understand, a basketball maturity, not that they're not mature young men, but a basketball maturity to win it in a playoff series against a Lakers team, in a seven-game series against a LeBron James and a Dennis Schroeder and a Anthony Davis. I don't know if they've gotten to that point yet because you got to be able to be focus in on the little things that count, the little intricate detail, not let the outside forces take you away. And I'm not sure that Memphis is there yet. They have a lot of bravado. I love the youthfulness, the, the, the youthfulness that they have. But you're playing against a more mature Lakers team with guys that have been there and done that. And I thought that favored the Lakers going into this series. I, I'm surprised sometimes when players get in LeBron's face. They challenge mm -hmm. LeBron. They say things to LeBron. And they, nobody ever did that to Michael Jordan. Yeah, he did. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. What, the Pistons? Oh, me, Mike, Mike and I got into it. Now, I'm not – and I'm not saying that I'm Kobe Bryant or somebody else, but I wasn't going to let Mike just walk all over me. Okay. You, you know what I mean? Okay. At all. We got into it. We got into it a lot. I got into it with Kobe. I mean, a lot of players do it. Now, the result of that may be something <laughs> totally different. <laughs> hey, Dan, at the end of the day. But – as players, okay. So you get in Jordan's face because Memphis is not afraid of LeBron. And they, as, as they shouldn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, why should? But no, just respect, level, though. It, the respect, okay, though. It, the respect. The respect. It's a, it's a difference between being very competitive and want to compete and having disrespect. Yes. Two two different things. It feels like disrespect I, to LeBron. It well by from, some of the Grizzlies. From, from well, yeah. it's really Dylan. Yeah. That's that. That's disrespect. But I don't think yeah, people you, disrespected you, Mike. Isaiah did. <laughs> well, he does now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he didn't. He didn't care then. But did he it's say about, it in a way that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah back in the 
back then, and you know, it was little innuendos in the press conferences and things they said about Jordan. Okay. You know, in regards to them not Jordan not being able to beat them. Finally, they they did. Okay. On you know, but they, oh yeah, I mean, they talked about Bird. Think about this. Think about who was it that's Isaiah. Remember the quote he said about Bird about if he wasn't a white guy, he no, wouldn't be getting all was, of this. Yeah, if he was a black guy, he'd be just another it, forward. But it, that was exactly. I was there for that. Rodman and Isaiah both said that. Yeah, but isn't that a sign of disrespect? Yes, it did. Okay, and then we saw, the end, always, we saw the end. We saw the end result. We saw the end result. And some guys, you just, you just, hey, Dad. Some guys, you just want to leave alone. You know what I mean? And and Larry Bird was one of them, Michael Jordan, but. That's a competitive nature to me with guys. I just don't like – I don't I, I don't mind a guy going out and talking junk. I don't mind it. But don't just – don't be disrespectful. Because LeBron James, I, I don't think you have to bow down to him. I think you have to compete. I think he respects that when the, – the greatest players respect when guys come at him because that pushes them to another level. But the, if you're going to be disrespectful, then there's some things that come along with that too. And more importantly, Dan, you got to be able to back it up. You gotta be able to back it up. You go talk all of this the whole time and can't back it up. You know, it's just it's just wasted breath. But you can see the light going on probably if you do it to Kobe or Mike. Like you yeah. know that you know what you've done. You've tugged on Superman's cape, and now is when you're saying I got to hold up my end of the bargain here because I know got to. I know they're coming at me. <laughs> well, but, and it's a lot easier to to talk to a 38-year-old LeBron who's not the same kind of player, okay? It's like talking to, talking junk to Mike when he was in with the Wizards. Now, he can still go off and give you 40, 50, but it's not the same as it was a young Mike in Chicago when he could just have the full-born energy to go out and just beat you not only offensively, but more important, defensively, really get up into you and change the game as well. So it's a lot easier to to talk a little bit more smack to a 38-year-old LeBron <laughs> than it was when he was, what was he, when he dropped on um, Detroit when he was in Cleveland the first time, when he had like 25 in the fourth quarter and was going off for what he did to Boston when he was in Miami. That's a whole different animal. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Do you think Jordan would have load managed if he was playing now? It's hard. I don't. By the personality, like saying would Kobe load manage? I would say I no. I can't imagine. I I can't imagine. Well, I, I say because does Giannis load manage? No. Does Dame Lillard load manage? No. Does Steph load manage? No. Those guys, even though they're brought up in this era, they're built a little bit different. They think a little bit different. You you know what I mean? Kobe and Jordan they. It was about the game. Now, their perspectives would have been different because they grew up in this era playing a different way. I don't think Michael Jordan would be the same Michael Jordan we saw in the mid-90s. Why is that? Because Michael Jordan loved to get on that right block or that left block and post up. You don't see a lot of that. So Michael Jordan growing up as a young youth playing basketball, he wouldn't have been posting up as much because the game has changed around him. He would be more shooting on the perimeter, pick and roll, stuff like that. Not that he wouldn't be dynamic, but I just think mentally he would be a different kind of player because of the approach of how he grew up playing the game. Always great to visit with you. Have fun tonight, and uh, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, I just want to ask. I mean, I, 
I like pizza too. You know what I mean? I, I do like pizza. No pork, but I, I take the pizza though. You can have like a margarita pizza I'm just, on the side I'm for just me. Open invite to the man cave, Jim. <laughs> you want to come into my dojo? I got a basketball hoop here. No, I did get some golf clubs. I got I mean, you still got the putt? I, I got my uh my golf simulator here. There you go. There we go. Oh, so I, I, no I'll, no basketball, I, just golf? No basketball. No, just golf. Because I'd like to shoot against you. Well, we can do that. We can we play low horns. How about blindfolded free throws? <laughs> Bet all day long. Oh, well, you better make eight out of ten. What do you mean eight? I was thinking nine or ten. What do you mean? All right. Then then you'd probably beat me. <laughs> Maybe. But I'm going to make 80% from the line blindfolded. Okay. Bet. What did you shoot? What was your career? You did, you weren't a great free throw shooter. Oh yes, I was. No. Yes, I was. Great. Yes, I was. Look, look it up. What were you? One year, eighty three. My later my, my later years, I was in the nineties. Okay. All right. I had to change my game, brother. Paul- <laughs> <laughs> Paulie, check check see if Jim's telling me the truth. There. Yeah, I got uh, at age thirty four. He shot ninety three percent second in the league. Right, make, career eighty three percent. Eighty three. I just told. I said eighty three percent for your as a free That's throw. A really shooter. good shooter. Yeah, for you. I got ninety three <laughs> at at, at thirty four years old. What do you mean? I'll shoot it at sixty six years of age. That's different shooting it in your man cage than being on the court. I know that in front of everybody. I there. know that. Come on, I know. That. Come on. This is not the small gym. And after gym. after after Jordan has torched <laughs> you for forty. And then you go to the line, you knock down a yes. couple of free throws. Hey, I had a couple of really good games against I Mike. know. It doesn't, doesn't go unwarranted. <laughs> he, had a, he had a lot more on me, though. Have fun tonight. Thank you again. I will. Thank That's you. Uh, Jim Jackson, NBA on TNT. He'll be on the call for the Lakers Grizzlies. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is Steve Covino. And Rich Davis. And together we are Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, That's right. Covino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rocking dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. 
And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. We're talking about the Mercedes-Benz family. Their range of SUVs, every member waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. We'll get to your phone calls coming up. Make way for Mike Florio. The uh, popular co-host of Pro Football Talk Live. He also has a new book coming out, Father of Mine. It's next Tuesday, and uh, it's only uh, four ninety nine. Mike is uh, he's a best selling author. Of course, you know we had playmakers. Now I think he's uh, he's branching out here. What what's the uh, theme of Father of Mine, there, Mike? Mob novel set back in 1973, Dan, and the setting is the town I grew up in, 60 miles from Pittsburgh, where the mob was prevalent. My dad was actually a bookie who was connected to the mob, but I will say this, there have been no omertas violated in the crafting of this piece. I do not want to end up sleeping with the fishes or anything else that may be sleeping at the bottom of a body of water. So I think I'm covered there. What did I think you everybody see? who was involved is dead now, so I won't be, hopefully. What did you see growing up? I saw some wild stuff, and I didn't think anything of it because it was normal to me. My dad had a bar, and I would go in there from time to time, meet the different guys, and they're always nice to you. You're 8, 9, 10 years old. You're a little kid. But th- there were other places I'd go with my dad, and just that that mystery, that smell, the beer and the cigarettes, and you're walking among the bar stools. Bruce Springsteen explains it in his in his autobiography, going into the world of men when you're a little kid. He used to have to go fetch his dad from the bar, and that's kind of what it was like. But as I got older and I would see newspaper accounts of what some of these guys that I used to see all the time allegedly or actually did, <laughs> that's an eye-opener. So especially as I wrote this, I did some research about what that crew actually or allegedly did back in the day. And it's like, man, there's some bad dudes that I probably would have run the other direction if I had only known back when I was eight, nine, 10 years old what they were capable of. People get murdered? Oh, yeah, allegedly or actually or otherwise. 
All right, so that's next Tuesday, Florio's book, Father of Mine, and uh, only $4.99, available wherever uh, you get your books. Okay, a few things to talk to you about. Ian Rappaport had a tweet saying that uh, the Niners are fielding calls for Trey Lance. What is the market for Trey Lance, and what would it cost to get Trey Lance? First of all, when a report is made that a team is fielding calls, we know it's coming from the team. <laughs> the team wants it out there. And sometimes the truth is that the team is actually making the calls, but they are very careful to tell the reporter it's fielding because you give up any leverage you have if you look desperate that you're making these calls. But okay. Dan, it's obvious the ship has sailed. Trey Lance isn't the guy, Brock Purdy is. And the moment he's healthy, he's the starter. And I feel like Trey Lance, if he's there in San Francisco, is going to be competing with Sam Darnold for number two, not Purdy for number one. So the market ultimately is what it is. What the 49ers learned the hard way, they were a little too stubborn with what they wanted for Jimmy Garoppolo. They kept their thumb on the scale. They ultimately weren't able to trade him. Now it worked out because they needed him when Trey Lance broke his ankle. But I, I think that what they need to do is see what happens first couple rounds of the draft, see where the quarterbacks go or don't go. And I don't know, do you get a second rounder next year? Do you get something conditional based on whether he plays, how much he plays, some sort of a formula like what the Jets and Packers are trying to work out for Aaron Rodgers? But I don't think it's much. And they're going to push the idea. They're going to try to save some face. And they may end up not being able to get a deal done if they want more than what anyone is willing to give. Because what do you give for a guy who has played very little football, Dan, in the last three years. 2020, pandemic restricted the North Dakota State season to just like a couple of games. Didn't play in 21, hardly played in 22. What are you getting in a guy who's still fairly young, yeah. but who hasn't played much football in three years? You mentioned Aaron Rodgers in the Jets, and I don't know if, if we're on the same page, but it feels like it might be day two of the draft. Can, can, the, can the Jets hold off giving the first-round pick this year and then say, we'll give you a second round pick this year and then a first round next year to the Packers, and then this is completed. I think the only thing they agree on for now, Dan, is that the pick this year would be one of the two second rounders the Jets currently have. Back-to-back -back from the Elijah Moore trade to Cleveland. They've got back-to-back -back picks, I think 43 and 44. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what do the Packers get in 2024? What do the Jets get in 2025 if Aaron Rodgers were to retire after only one season? I think that's part of this equation as okay. well. And because we're so close to the second day of the draft now, there's no reason for either side to move to their bottom line now. They wait until the last minute, the plane lands, they find a way to make their two positions meet. And I've said the over-under is 6 o'clock Eastern, Friday the 28th. There's a chance they get it worked out late afternoon just to be done. There's also a chance it happens when the pick in round two that's going to the Packers is actually on the clock, that it, the trade occurs during round two of the draft. Okay, so we're on the same page, that this first-round pick for the Jets is not going to Green Bay. Not going to Green Bay. Okay. But it'll be the, the second round pick or maybe a couple of picks. But there has to be some kind of conditional language in here, as you mentioned, with Rodgers. Because, like, I'd, I'd still have trepidation to find the Jets. This is a guy who said he was 90% retired before he went into the dark hole. And now you're going to give up a second round pick and then a first round pick or whatever it might be. But 
I'm going to guess that kind of language will be in this transaction. Well, yes, that's what the Jets are trying to protect themselves against. And look, there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers wasn't telling the truth when he said he was 90% retired, because it's part of this broader narrative that I was just going to walk off into the sunset. I thought the Packers wanted me back. And then I heard that they were shopping me, and that's when everything changed. It makes for a great story, regardless of whether or not it's true. This 90% thing may have just been him trying to fashion a greater myth than what reality would support. And the consequence is it's freaked out the Jets to the point where they're concerned he's going to be one and done in New York. And when Tom Brady first joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the greatest business objectives of ownership was make sure he comes back for another year, make sure he comes back. And I think the Jets will bend over backwards to try to make sure there's a second year for Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets want that protection in 25 in the event that Rodgers is one and done. And who knows? We didn't expect Favre to be one and done with the Jets, and he was. The DeMar Hamlin situation, he's already won comeback player of the year. If you come back from death twice, I'm guessing that you'll be the comeback player of the year. What kind of language will be in that contract? Is there an addendum to his contract with the Buffalo Bills with him coming back? I mean, how does the team protect itself? Well, I, I think that he's cleared. He's he's back and he's playing. He's only entering his third season. So it's not even as if they could do a new contract okay. for DeMar Hamlin. His existing contract is still in place. The question is, once he's physically cleared, mentally, what's it going to be like for him to put his uniform on and go back out onto a football field? I don't even know how much he remembers about what happened. Maybe there is no PTSD or scarring of him that he would have to overcome because for the rest of us, when he walks out on the field, we're going to we're going to hold our breath every time he's involved in a tackle. We're going to wait and make sure he's OK. I just think that's human nature. But given that it apparently is commodio cordis, this very rare occasion of getting struck in the chest and your heart stops and it happens to anybody and it happens very infrequently, it's not some condition he has. It sounds like he's good to go. It really is amazing that we're less than four months from the thing happening yeah. and he is good to go. Clean bill of health back on the bills, and uh, they go forward. But, Mike, it sounds strange to say this, but I'm more concerned for Tua Tonga-Vailoa than I am DeMar Hamlin. I think you're absolutely right to be. Tua Tonga-Vailoa is a guy who is smaller than most quarterbacks. The physics aren't on his side. And what have we seen? We haven't seen him get drilled in the head by somebody who drops their helmet and hits a quarterback the way they used to. We see him get shoved to the ground. And what happens when he hits the ground? His helmet strikes the turf and he gets a concussion. It happened at least two times. Most of us with common sense believe it happened three times last year, despite the official claim that it was a back injury. So he's working on falling the right way. He's studying jujitsu. It's one thing to study it. It's another thing to put it into practice when you're out on the field. That's what I'd be concerned about. I'm concerned about that for Bryce Young. He's going to be under 200 pounds when he plays. Can he fall in a way that doesn't result in his head striking the turf and giving him a brain injury. I'm far more concerned about Tua than I am DeMar Ham. But aren't they developing, we're talking to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, are they developing a new helmet just for quarterbacks? Yeah, that's got a greater level of protection in the back of the helmet, so when that bone hits the ground, because that's what we see, the head snaps back and the bone hits, what can they do to keep the brain from being injured. But, you know, the bottom line, Dan, is you can wear the best helmet in the world, but when your body is moving and suddenly stops, your brain bounces off the inside. There's nothing you can do about the brain bouncing off the inside of the skull. There's still going to be concussions in football. 
but you can reduce the severity of the blow that comes from the outside. Any doubts on Jalen Hurts? I don't think so. Not after what we saw last year and this contract. Now, I'm still waiting for the deal to be officially done. Once it's done, we'll be able to look at the full details. We'll see what the true commitment is. And most importantly, when does the window open on the Eagles getting out of it if for some reason he regresses? Look at what Russell Wilson did last year or didn't do in Denver. The Broncos would love to be able to tear that up. They can't because of the way the contract is structured. There's so many clues that come from the full details that tell us when the Eagles would be able to say, whoops, got that wrong, we're going to move on. But there's no reason to think he's not going to get better. We saw a Josh Allen-type jump from him last year. Passing and running and leadership and everything the Eagles have been looking for since the moment they traded Donovan McNabb to Washington on Easter Sunday of 2010. They've been searching. They've been hoping. They thought it was Carson Wentz. It wasn't. Nick Foles, maybe. It wasn't. And now they have it in Jalen Hurts. What's this mean for Lamar Jackson? Well, Dan, what I would do right now, we had a breakdown yesterday of the contract Jalen Hurts accepted and the offer that Lamar Jackson rejected in August. And just some of the data points. And we broke them all down. We talked about it earlier today on PFT Live as well. What I would do if I was Lamar Jackson, first and foremost, is hire an agent. Second, I mean, he's not going to do that. I would get Odell Beckham Jr., frankly, to try to be the go-between right now. There's a hybrid deal to be done between the deal that that Lamar Jackson rejected last year and the deal that Jalen Hurts is doing this week, where you can slap the two together and you can come up with something that works for Lamar Jackson. And Dan, at some point, regardless of what anyone thinks about the whys and what's at play and what factors are being involved, at some point, Lamar Jackson's got to say yes. He's got to say yes to something. And you have to look at what's out there. It's as good as it's going to get. And you just have to say yes and continue your career. And if you don't, your career doesn't continue. It's stuck in the mud until you finally say yes to something. But, Mike, he would have already been, what, two years into his old contract, and then we would be two years later, now you're into a new contract. That's You're always going to be underpaid a couple of years or a year after you sign your contract in your mind. Right, but, Dan, here's the bottom line. If he had done the deal that Josh Allen did two years ago, they were drafted the same year. Allen did his contract after three seasons. And I remember when the word first broke of the Josh Allen contract, I said, I want to see that deal because when we see the details, it's either going to be the player or the team in Baltimore that wants to take that contract and make it the contract for Lamar Jackson. When I saw that deal, I said, Lamar Jackson should take this to the Ravens and say, just cross out the names, change them. This is my contract. And when you look at what Josh Allen has gotten the last two years and what Lamar Jackson has gotten, Josh Allen has made $41 more than Lamar Jackson in the last two years. And that's never coming back. I don't care what you get paid going forward. That $41 million is never coming back. Those days are done and over. You never get paid for what you've previously done. You only get paid for the future. So already he's $41 million behind Josh Allen. And the question is, how much worse is it going to get? The Panthers GM, GM says that uh, he hasn't told anybody who will be the number one pick. Although Bryce Young has canceled all of his other trips elsewhere, which would lead me to believe. Uh, I think the draft starts at two. Because I don't know if the Texans are sold on a quarterback here. Feels like Bryce Young's going number one overall, correct? Yeah, and it was a great point that our coordinating producer at PFT Live, Matt Casey, texted in while we were talking about it today because we played the sound of Scott Fitterer, the GM of the Panthers, talking about what they plan to do to put weight on Bryce Young. And the way he talked about it, when you listen (laughs) to it, it sounds like it's not a hypothetical. It sounds like... 
this is what we're going to do. But the do you think the commissioner up. has said to Carolina, just don't say anything here? Dan, I look at it this way. If they're not bashful about calling their broadcast partners and instructing them to tell their reporters to keep their mouths shut about anything they know about who the picks are going to be, <laughs> yeah. they're probably not bashful about okay. telling the teams. Yeah, they want people to tune in for 8 o'clock to 8.20. They don't want people tuning in for the Texans pick. They want people to be there at 8 o'clock thinking maybe there's a chance it's not going to be Bryce Young. Okay, sure what, did like what did the Texans do? Do you believe the draft starts at 2? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could trade out of that spot, obviously. They could trade down. And for a team that has plenty of needs, you know, if you're not talking about going down many picks and you pick up some extra significant draft capital, that goes a long way toward blowing the fact that they could have had the first overall pick if they just hadn't beaten the Colts <laughs> in the fourth quarter of Week 18. Yeah. So it's either quarterback, edge rusher, or trade down. And you got to consider who their coach is now. Yeah. D'Amico Ryans. Where did he come from? San Francisco. Let's go back to what we already talked about. Ryan's first year as defensive coordinator, they give up three ones and a three to get Trey Lance. How'd that work out? Second year, they take a flyer with the last pick in the draft on Brock Purdy. How'd that work out? What do you think Ryan's wants? Do you think Ryan's wants a guy who could be their Nick Bosa and an edge rusher at number two? Or does Ryan's want to put all the eggs in a quarterback basket and have it possibly blow up on them? So he may be pushing defensive player to supercharge that side of the ball. You can get a quarterback later or, or, and I always advocate this because in my mind, the draft is a lottery. The more lottery tickets you have, the better chance you have to get players that turn around, especially a bad team. Trade down if you can, get more picks. Explain the uh, new Wonderlick, or is it the new Wonderlick, the uh, S2 test for players, quarterbacks? Well, the S2 test, as I understand it, is about cognitive ability in the heat of the moment, processing information when you're in that blender of factors, you think about everything a quarterback has to deal with, pre-snap, post-snap, all the information about processing, recall, and Bryce Young did really well on it, and the Panthers are big believers in it, specifically their owner, David Tepper. So this is a way unique to quarterbacks. When you are the one who is standing there, where all that stuff's happening, think about all the variables. Which receiver's open? Who's blitzing? Can I trust my running back to pick this guy up. Who else is coming around? So they're using that. Now, the Wonderlick is worthless. This, to the extent that there's a dotted line or a bright line connection, helps teams understand how that guy's going to do when it's time to stand in there and decide where to throw the football. Always great to talk to you. He's Mike Florio in his new book about his uh, father, who was a bookie and probably saw some bad people in, in Pittsburgh. That's All not, fictional. That, that's not the official title. It's just called Father of Mine. No, not Father of Mine, who was a bookie who saw bad things happen with the mob in Pittsburgh. Allegedly. Correct. <laughs> or possibly. Available next Tuesday. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> My bookie was, um, he was known locally and a very upstanding uh, businessman. And, uh, I remember he drove a Lincoln Continental, a Mark III. It, it was a blue Mark III. <laughs> and there's a reason why he drove that and lived in a real nice house. Because bookies make the money, not the people who bet with the bookies. Yes, Todd? How upstanding were the people that would come to your house if you didn't uh, pay off what you owed? I, I never, I always paid. Um, but once again, I, I was in, semi-involved my bookie took bets from the guy who took bets with Pete Rose. 
sometimes he would offload some of his bets or my bookie would take bets from Pete when the uh, other bookie wasn't available. So I, I, I knew what was going on for a long time when this was, and, and Pete was not a good gambler, but to be able to kind of figure out what's going on. And it's always, it's humbling when you walk over to somebody in their house and you knock on the door and uh, the, you know, the wife comes to the door and I ask if such and such is in a home and yes, he is. And you know, he comes out and then I had to give him my money and then you go, all right, uh, I'll talk to you on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I didn't have the money to bet, but you always think you're smarter. Like, hey, I know football. Well, you can know football but not know how to gamble. And then it took me a long time, and then I realized I could do it and make some money. And uh, thankfully, 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 I lost uh, $3,300 on a uh, my, the last bet I ever placed, college football bowl game. If I had won it, I don't know if there's any guarantee that I I would have been able to walk away. Yeah, Paul. I guarantee you've been driving a Camaro though. No, Corvette. Oh. Yeah. Uh, 3300 had done it? I, I, no, I was I if I won, I would have had uh 90 90 uh, $9,000. So I had $6,000 and I put 30 I put 3000 down on this bowl game and uh, I lost the VIG so 3300 Bought my mom a dishwasher, and then I bought myself uh, an old beat-up Toyota Celica and had a little bit of money for college. And then that was it. I rode off into the sunset, thankfully. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. 
Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller Tongue. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite.